0: Welcome to the Property Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge. Welcome to another episode of the Property Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stockbridge. Every episode, we aim to bring you helpful hints and tips that helps you along the way on your property journey. Uh, Also, we talk about the first principles of real estate and any trending topics of conversation that affect the real estate industry. And of course, uh, the all-prevailing topic of conversation right now is coronavirus and how is that affecting uh, small businesses, micro businesses and in an age where technology helps you facilitate more, I've got some great helpful hints and tips to uh, help real estate practitioners and to put a potential home seller's mind at ease as we enter uncharted waters. So today I'm going to be talking about working remotely and how agents can do that or small business people can help facilitate maintaining their business activity whilst uh, they're working from home or in isolation to the rest of their team. We're going to be talking about some of those online tools, uh, DocuSign, online booking uh, facilities. Um, we're also going to be talking about how to facilitate open inspections and auctions in any group dynamic uh before there's any guidelines in place. So I'm going to give you uh, some helpful hints and tips there so that you can conduct more inspections whilst your competition goes on leave if you're a real estate agent. So uh, if you're a home seller, I hope that you can perhaps pass on some of these ideas to your agent, It <clears throat> you might just well inspire them uh, and uh, and encourage them to uh, be even more supportive of their clients in what will be very trying times. I- I'm not just planning for the next couple of weeks, although um, the the reactions have been quite instantaneous and have been an immediate uh, response to what we've just encountered over the last 48 to 72 hours, which is a, a massive upsurge in coronavirus diagnosis happening in our major capital cities, even some regional areas now recording cases. We are approximately where Italy was 20 days ago, and and it seems seems such a long time ago now, but less than three weeks ago, Italy had less than 200 cases, and now, uh, of course, has closer to 20,000 confirmed cases. Uh, We are... We have the ability to look into the crystal ball, learn from the mistakes of Italy, and uh, and look to of course, make the absolute most of this. So this isn't all doom and gloom, by the way. There are going to be plenty of people who do shut down. There's going to be plenty of people that will use this as an opportunity to rest and not prepare for what's on the other side. And what is on the other side, in my mind, it is a boom. Interest rates have never been lower. Their uh, their properties have never been more affordable. And, look, all markets are supply and demand, and uh, the underlying tension there tends to suggest that demand will remain strong and availability will tighten in the coming months as vendors are much more pragmatic and, and selective in their choosing... Uh, of timing in terms of coming to market, whereas a, a home buyer is very much a, a victim of circumstance. They've already sold, or their lease is coming to the, to the end, or they have to be in the schooling precinct, or they need to be uh, within a certain um, proximity of their of their work. All of these factors um, are going to continue to propel buyers into the property market. Uh, Home sellers, on the other hand, can take more of a pragmatic sit-and-wait approach. So I think what you will find is stock tighten, which will be good news for home sellers in the short term, uh, how that plays out in the months to come. We will just have to keep our finger on the property pulse, of course. So um, working remotely. So the first thing I did yesterday morning was sit with my team and explain to them the importance of them working remotely and maintaining some degree of isolation from the outside world. Um, Now, of course, that... that, uh, that can kind of feel like we're in a time of crisis and of course we want to pull together as a community but how can we do that virtually? Well essentially we've got so many online tools now to make people feel like they're they're right there with you. Um, Also so that you can share this experience. This will be something we'll look back upon in 15 20 years time with some degree of fondness we'll we'll see the strengths that it it exposed and uh, of course the the weaknesses that it shows. So um, I think this is a great opportunity for us to pull together and to perhaps Apps use some of those online tools that we'd previously um, been able to kind of have excuses around not using. So if you're not using um, apps like Zoom in order to hold conference calls, now's the time to download the app. Um, if you've not used... Um, conference calls, for instance, to communicate with your team before. There's some great apps that are available and if you're only talking to a, a couple of people uh, as well as uh, having yourself on the line, of course you can facilitate that through simply your iPhone um, or your smartphone. And so these are these are things that we've got to talk uh, talk about right now if we're going to have the bright plan in place. I, I believe that this is a great time for small and micro businesses to plan for the next six months. You're going to have a little bit less time, uh, sorry, a little bit more time on your hands as there's going to be less trade um, as this crisis thickens. So uh, working remotely is something that you can certainly work to. And if you can find at the moment that you can work productively and proficiently um, remotely, then it might well offer more options in the future. And I say that because as businesses grow, we tend to look at a traditional employment uh, opportunities as an employer, you're looking to uh, bring people in. Uh, if it's a, a trainee or somebody in, you 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 you're bringing in a certain type of personality. You're looking for somebody who's perhaps uh, young, vibrant, etc. But that might not necessarily be the right person for that job. You might be thinking of them more in the context of um, delivering. Uh, better team culture, you might be looking at, you know, bringing some uh, youth and vitality, Um, you might be looking at, okay, here's somebody we can train, Um, here's somebody who might find their way into other parts of the company into the future. Uh, We think about those things. But when we are talking about uh, having people work from home, the capacity and the opportunities that opens it up, I think that broadens uh, the whole... uh, employment base uh, quite significantly because I think that there's plenty of retirees, um, people that are in their 60s, 70s, 80s that have a huge experience, a great... Great depths of knowledge and have particular expertise that can be really helpful to any small business. You know, just a, a wise word from time to time, or just a um, putting a situation into context is something that somebody with great depth of experience is able to do that perhaps a, a trainee just doesn't have uh, the uh, the capacity to. So we can look and turn to those people. Now, what, what's going on at the moment is those people feel like the online tools are, um, are beyond them. Uh, they, they feel like they're, they're perhaps, um, uh, when it comes to technology, that... They, they struggle with it to the extent that it stops them participating in the workforce even on just a 15, 20 hour a week basis. But I think it's exactly those people that we need to get involved in our small and micro businesses and that we can leverage from in the future. I'm really curious at the moment about the potential of bringing people from 55 onwards that have had a 30 year career already and, and perhaps in a, a different but aligned industry and borrowing from the depth of that experience and using that to turbocharge uh, a micro or a small Small business, and so I think if you can get your staff to work remotely well during this crisis, you open yourself up to a a greater pool of potential employees into the future. Um, And you won't. And and we we all know in small business, it only takes one rotten apple um, to to ruin the spoil the 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 mix. And so when you have people working from remotely, uh, working remotely from home, you. Mitigate that substantially. Um, so um, you won't have uh, the same personality issues, you won't have uh, the same um, rivalries maybe uh, emerge, you won't have the same egos competing. Um, instead, you'll, you'll have a team of people that work independently, proficiently, uh, do their job really well and um, contribute individually to a greater good. And I think that that's a great way for micro-businesses to set themselves up and to be thinking differently in the years to come. There are some fantastic online tools. I touched on DocuSign at the top of the podcast and DocuSign is, uh, well, it's available all around the world, so it doesn't really matter where you are. And that's great because this podcast is all about those first principles – that prevail regardless of where you might be uh, on this planet. And so DocuSign is available to you. It's a fantastic way of saving significant amounts of time and in the current climate, it keeps you away from um, being face-to-face with people. Now, I've been using DocuSign in my business for some time. Um, South Australia, which is the jurisdiction that I uh, transact in, uh, was quite late to the party in permitting electronic contract use. Um, But... Since they've instituted that, we've been very quick adopters. And I'll just suggest to you this. It is saving me literally a day a week. Now, I say that because quite often I would go and appraise a property. I wouldn't always list it at that point in time. People might call me back the next week and say, Dave, you're our chosen agent. Can you come back and put the property on the market? So I'd go back there, spend another hour or so with them, fill out the agency agreement all the necessary uh, documentation, and uh, get the process underway. Then, of course, when we sell it, it's the same again. We get the contract signed by the purchasers, so I'll go and see them in the afternoon. Then later on that night, I go and see the vendor. And then again with the cooling-off papers. And so if I just by simply using DocuSign and not having to jump in my car, go somewhere, spend half an hour to 45 minutes with someone to do something which actually only takes 10 or so minutes uh, to do, if they're left to their own devices to do it, online then uh i'm uh, like i say i'm literally saving a day a week it's a fantastic uh productivity uh gainer and uh one that i think that you really need to be in consideration of if you're not using it it can be a game changer it's that one thing that you can do right away that won't cost you much but will save you heaps Online booking tools. So uh, what is my prediction uh, here is that uh, as we move deeper into this crisis, open inspection and auctions will be limited um, and, and, uh, and there will be a protocol or guidelines released in how they're uh, best dealt with. Um, I, unless we're going into uh, absolute lockdown in the same way as we've seen in, uh, in other countries where all unnecessary movement will be severely restricted then we will find ourselves in a situation where we are mitigating the risk. The risk to the consumer, the risk to the real estate pro- uh, professional, the risk to the homeowner. Now, homeowners have got to realise that they could have an infected person through their property, touch their kitchen bench, they make a sandwich on that kitchen bench You know, three hours after the open inspection, they could well be contracting it as a result of that. So, vendors have got to be aware that hygiene is king at the moment to go over those, those uh, areas that people are likely touch door handles, door knobs, and and whilst i'm talking about that real estate practitioners must also be very conscious of that because of course you know to get into the property what do you got to do you got to touch those doorknobs so i've been opening uh, this weekend gone i opened the property the, the screen door the main door the glass lighting doors everything all the way open so that people didn't have to touch it and so, in other words, I didn't have to touch it after other people had touched it. So, it's a real simple hack, you know, a real common sense measure that you can deploy right away there that will certainly help you. But online booking tools are something that I think are uh, very, very helpful at the moment. A friend of mine, Frank Franz, he's uh, been running with a online booking platform for his open inspections for some time. And in a practical sense, what it means is that the buyer reveals themselves. You've got the buyer's details. They've made a determination to be there. They've booked it with you, and so you can, with some high degree of certainty, suggest to you your vendors how many people you can expect to attend at the open inspection. Or if nobody's registered, then you know perhaps you could cancel that inspection and save the vendor all of that time and hassle in preparing the property for sale. Now. I would never suggest that because it's been my experience that often cases, somebody will just turn up completely unexpected and buy the property and you'll end up being sold an hour after, never never meeting the buyer before. So, it's, um, it, I would always leave myself open to that opportunity. But... Uh, I will just say that these online booking platforms can work really well in this situation where you want to keep distance between the groups that are coming through. So, hypothetically, I would typically hold open inspections for anywhere between a 20 to a half-hour period. Let's say half an hour, for instance. So, let's take an example of 1 to 1.30. Well, in that 1 to 1.30 time, I think a group could probably pass through the property in three to four minutes, but let's just give them five. Now, that does restrict us to only having five or six groups through uh, during that half-hour period of time. Now, in my marketplace, that's about right anyway. But in your marketplace, if it's much more voluminous, then you might just have to have people go through, uh, extend your time to an hour, give people two minutes to have an initial walkthrough, have a final opportunity for people to come through. At the end, if they're really interested, And uh, it's just maybe going to take a little bit more time. But ultimately, it's better for the vendor to have these groups, say, uh, 12 groups through in 45 minutes... ..than it is to have these groups coming and going, uh, say, 12 times during the course of the week. And so it's a practical measure that makes for ease of sale for your vendor. They've only got to prepare the property the one time for the week or maybe twice, um, which means it's probably going to be presented better than if they had to present for sale 12 times in the week. Also, from that perspective of uh, keeping safe and and a sanitary environment, Um, your vendor doesn't have to clean up 12 times after people have been through. It also means that you know that the people that are going through the property are conscious uh, of of the current circumstance because you've reminded them not to touch things you can go through at your leisure guys but please don't touch door handles don't touch kitchen benches if you do happen to touch something if you do happen to sneeze while you're inside could you please just let us know so that we can take all necessary precautions so our vendor doesn't find themselves ill so, and I think when you've got those people, their, their name and number and they're in front of you and you have that conversation with them, with them and they understand the gravity of the situation that we find ourselves in, I think mostly you'll find buyers just happy that you're trying to provide them with a safe environment to view a property or just giving them the opportunity to view a property because I can tell you what, there'll be plenty of agents that'll be taking holidays right now and not looking to come back to work anytime soon. So your vendors will also be very happy because you'll be one of those agents that's continuing to persist. And if you're a home seller, this is something I'm suggesting to you. Maybe talk to your agent about booking a time out for an hour. You might only do half hour opens at the moment and it mightn't be at the typical time of day. If you're used to opening on the weekend, maybe you'll choose an evening time. Uh, depending on where you are, um, you might have daylight savings about to come up and so you might consider those times. Um, I, I don't think opening times at peculiar hours, um, you know nothing too outlandish but after hours uh, during the week is a bad thing I think in this uh, the the energy at the moment is such or you that you could even do during the day because there's going to be increasing numbers of people that are going to be sent home from work and so that hopefully means that you can get more groups of people through during business hours so maybe freeing up your evenings and your weekends just a little bit more and so that is something just to also be conscious of as you're talking to your vendors and and as vendors are planning out their open inspection schedule, keeping in mind, of course, that at any point in time, the government could change the rules. The government could mandate that n- groupings of people over three to five or ten, whatever the number that might come up with, means that open inspections and auctions can't happen. Now, that being the case, it's best, It's best. there's no point in really planning for that other than to know that everybody's in the same boat and everybody will understand if that ever happened. It's not going to be a negative reflection on you as a home seller or on the agent um, Um, it is just going to be what we all have to live with so just plan for the best provision for the worst by provisioning i mean just be open and communicative uh to if you're an agent to your vendors and if you're a vendor just be conscious that this is an ever-changing situation that the agent has no control over and and if they're a great agent they'll make the absolute best of it for you now's the time to think about other online tools so uh, agents this is something this is something i'm going to say to you 3D virtual tours are an absolute must have been for about 12 months and if you haven't been doing it, I think you're costing your vendors opportunity, especially now if there's going to be movement restrictions. The next best thing to... We're actually walking through the property, it's going to be a 3D virtual tour of the property. We've been doing these now. Augment Space are an Adelaide startup. Yep, they're right here in our backyard, but they can service your real estate needs. It doesn't matter where you are around the world. Augment Space have a fantastic product that is, well, for us, it's low cost. And what would ordinarily cost maybe seven a thousand, seven hundred to $1,000 to have a 3D virtual tour made up and produced... We're getting done for less than the carton of, uh, less than the cost of a carton of beer, uh, less than sixty dollars. We can have that same virtual tour presentation on our website. How can we do it so little? Well, we own the equipment. The camera costs five hundred dollars. It's a worthwhile investment. Now, if you're listening to this and you're an agent in Australia, then you're going to be potentially, especially if you're uh, the agency principal, but if you're a salesperson or a trainee, then talk to your principal about uh, getting some equipment right now, some camera equipment, um, so that you can continue to produce content whilst maybe your photographer's out of action. So you can, maybe that's a, a, a camera, a, but definitely talk about getting this 3D camera, guys. 500 bucks, you can buy them online, you can get them from uh, any, any uh, quality retailer of electronic products, um, and and um, for 500 bucks, uh, you will more than recoup your cost in the next six months. But not only that, you'll all of a sudden find yourself with properties that are startable because people have confidence about the purchase before they even get to the property. So just let me just cover for you often a scenario where you've got somebody who's calling you up you don't know whether or not they've got coronavirus they don't have any symptoms they don't know themselves but they call you up and they say we want to have a look at this property but you're as the agent you're able to say and, and how much would your vendor appreciate this and if you're a home seller tell me what you think if, if the agent could say something along the lines of oh, so have you um driven pa- past the property the prospective person says uh, no no i haven't uh, have you looked at the 3D virtual tour no I haven't, have you got your finance proof no no, I haven't, well why am I potentially risking my, my health and that of my vendor to show you the house so the qualifying questions might sound like this uh, have you seen the 3D virtual tour yes, excellent um, is, is there anything you don't like about the property well uh, I'm not quite sure about how big the backyard is, okay great would you like me to send that information through to you oh sure if you've got it terrific and why is it is the backyards too small you wouldn't be interested yet well actually this is a bit of a smaller backyard so we're probably you know it's probably not going to be the right fit but i'll send you through the measurements what are you looking to put on there a big garage yeah look i don't think you're going to fit it there so we qualify the buyer we save ourselves now. Typically, an agent um, will make every endeavour to get anybody with a pulse through a property because it, it provides good feedback for the vendor. It makes them active. You never know what's on the other line, uh, on the other end of that um, conversation with the buyer. If you're able to impress the buyer, maybe they've got something to sell. But we're not we're not in that environment now. We're in that environment of mitigating risk and potentially saving people from. Um, from enduring what, what could be um, a particularly harrowing experience. Now, if your vendor will get sick, that's not just bad for you. It's really bad for them, their potential to earn. Maybe they can't afford to then move. So you want to make every attempt to qualify that buyer. So if we're able to say to a buyer, have you seen the video Yep. Have you seen the photos Yep. Have you driven by Yep. Have you got your finances approved Yep. 3D tour, you checked it all out? Yep, yep, yep. You love it? Yep, great. Okay, when can I make a time for you and your partner to have a look through Really simple guys, 3D virtual tour cameras, you need a 3D camera, it's going to cost you $500 to get a decent one, augment space, reach out to them if you haven't heard of them before, you can Google them real quick now, find out all the details, they're based here in Adelaide, they can get you set up real quick, Um, so jump onto that one now. But essentially, what you want to be doing here is avoiding all non-essential face-to-faces. Um, and you can deploy technology in order to do that. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, you know, products like Zoom, Skype and the like can really be helpful in this way, but it also keeps you connected to your clients so that you might not see them now for another month or so. So good to still have that um, that interface where you can still... You, you can you can see the strain on their face given the circumstances. You, you can empathise with them. Uh, you can have that exchange. And engagement uh, on a meaningful level, um, still. Um, But keep, if if you're an agent right now, what you want to do really is that you want to communicate really clearly to your clients what's coming up and that you've been given it thought. So, just to give you a bit of a highlight of how I've been handling this conversation during the course of yesterday and today, um, I've simply been suggesting to vendors that we are. Planning for the best, provisioning for the worst. Now, when we're planning for the best, we're just going ahead. Like, um, we're not living in expectation that things will change dramatically over the foreseeable days, but I do think over the coming week or so, we will see further restrictions in movement. Now, that being the case, I've been saying to my vendors, we're investigating getting online booking set set up so that we can still facilitate safe showing of properties. So that's something that we're doing. We're also... We're we're looking to... um, um, ensure that where we don't have the 3D tours in place... ...that we are getting them out on the properties. Now, we get this done as a a matter of policy... But there's always a few that slip through uh, and it might be because they were tenanted previously and the furniture wasn't probably, uh, to, it was maybe a little bit cluttered, it might, maybe wasn't as well presented as it could have been and so we've decided not to go with the 3D tour. But it's doubling down and getting those 3D tours done. It's also just explaining to people that we could be in a situation where opens and auctions are shut down and uh, and fair enough too. Now, in that case, what do we do? Um and so I've been running through the vendors uh, with the vendors the various scenarios there. If it's an auction, I think we are going to abide by a staged showing of the property, followed by open air auction in the backyard, with everybody uh standing far enough away from each other where we're not a risk to each other. Um I think that's probably a a sensible compromise. Um In the event of open inspections, once again, it would just be exactly as I stated with the auction, sans the auction at the end. It's staging the open, so you're having one buyer through out of time. Now, this is going to be really hard for agents that are working in high-demand marketplaces that have 30 to 50 people through. That's why my earlier suggestion of qualifying people first is really king to this. Maybe what you want to do is not publicise the open inspection time uh, and simply inform prospective purchasers as they inquire of the time after you've inquired with them and make private registration for the open inspections, the must. It may be the only way uh, that we can move forward if this pandemic continues. So, um, I hope that uh, just out of this, this is some of my early thoughts, um, and this is, these are some of the uh, practical measures that I've undertaken in my business, and I'm suggesting to others, would make good sense for them to, if they've got a small to micro business, um, because we can see already how big businesses is behaving. They're splitting teams, they're sending people at home, government departments are having meetings as we speak trying to work out how that they can uh, maintain essential services but at the same time uh, reduce the, um, the the chance of this Uh, virus spreading even further so I'm Dave from Real I hope you appreciate uh, the hints and tips and found uh, some that you can glean for yourself and apply to your benefit and I look forward to bringing you a whole lot more we'll be bringing you daily updates on this coronavirus and how it's playing out and how we're handling it Um, so um, we'll look forward to bringing you more tomorrow along with our normal schedule of podcasts thanks so much for tuning in The Property Pulse podcast is designed for anybody who's dealing in real estate, whether you're buying or selling, expanding upon your portfolio, or perhaps you're a real estate agent and you're just looking for helpful hints and tips that will accelerate your success in real estate. Well, I hope you found a home on the podcast. And if you have, please subscribe to stay tuned to all new episodes as they become available.